Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. The thing I love about interviewing with players is finding out where they came through in the junior systems, how they went in rep teams. A lot of guys I talked to that went on to play in the NRL missed out on representative selection. And I see kids that I coach today that are 15 and 16 and they miss out on a rep team. And it's like the world is falling in around them. And there's just, there's so much more rugby league to be played. And you can look in every single NRL team, you can look in most rep teams and you can find players that as teenagers were overlooked as far as it goes with rep sides. Now, the absolute peak of representative football as a teenager is to play Australian schoolboys. There's only about 20-odd guys that are selected each and every year. We haven't had an Australian schoolboys tour in a couple of years. I'm not even sure if they still do it, to be honest with you. But obviously, with COVID, that, that hasn't been able to happen. But every year, we see Australian schoolboys come out, and then we see a couple of years later, these guys progress into the NRL. And I always love to go back and have a look at the old Australian schoolboys from five or six years ago, and then see how many of them are currently playing in the NRL. I think I saw a picture the other day of the 2017 Australian schoolboys and an absolute star-studded side. There's about nine of them, or, or sorry, even more of them. There's like in double digits of these guys that are playing first grade now. And not only are they playing first grade holding their own, they're genuine stars in the NRL. So obviously you're Australian schoolboys. They're just all on the verge of playing first grade. You pick the very best of the best. So a lot of them are going to be successful. But I to remember as well, that these guys, there's 20 of them that are picked, or 18, or whatever the hell it is, out of thousands upon thousands of really talented footballers. There's a heap of guys that are the best players in their town, the best players in their team, that miss out on this side, and I think a lot of them, it sort of comes down, they, they, they get this mindset like it's the be-all and end-all, when realistically, it doesn't matter at all going forward. And I found an article from 2012 uh, that talks about some of the greatest players ever that have missed out on Australian schoolboys selection that were up for selection but missed out, weren't chosen, uh, and they've picked a best 13 of all time. Now, this is coming from the Rugby League Week Annual. It is from 2012, as I said. And this article is titled, The Best of the Rest. So the very best players are championship 13 of players that were overlooked 
four Australian schoolboys. So obviously this was written in 2012, but some of these names will blow you away and it definitely makes you think about just because these guys weren't picked as the best guys in their 18, it had no impact on them whatsoever. There's a handful of guys in this group. Some of them are immortals, and other ones I think they should be moving forward. Let's kick it off at fullback, the great man Billy Slater. Read it to you now. Regarded today as one of the greatest fullbacks to have played the game. He has won almost every honour imaginable, yet rugby league wasn't high on the agenda when Slater was attending school in Innisfail. He quit the game as an under-14 to pers- in, in the under-14 to pursue his love of horses, eventually riding track work for leading trainer Gay Waterhouse. So this was obviously written in 2012. So Billy Slater would go on to win another, what, two premierships in that time, another Clive Churchill medal, and for me would go down as the greatest fullback ever. Now, he obviously wasn't ignored when it came to Australian schoolboy selection. I believe he was still playing rugby league at that point, though, but Billy obviously went down a different path, which is crazy to think as a teenager. He moved away from rugby league to horse riding, and then came back and then became the best fullback we've ever seen. Incredible stuff. He essentially drove from far north Queensland down to Melbourne for a trial. Just came from nowhere and then brained it. Turned out to be one of the best ever. So sensational stuff there. Billy Slater is the fullback in the best of the rest team. On one wing, a little bit old school here, Mickey Hancock. One of the game's leading wingers of the 1990s. Hancock could have been a teammate of Bradley Clyde or Andrew G on the 1986 Australian Schoolboys Tour of England. Instead, the Stanthorpe product stayed at home while wingers such as Henry Raymond and Michael Erickson made the cut. Now, for me, I don't know who Henry Raymond is. I don't know who Michael Erickson is either, to be perfectly honest with you. Some of you guys might. Hopefully, you do. Send me a message if you do. Let me know. But Michael Hancock, one of the great wingers our game has ever seen. One of the best Brisbane Broncos wingers ever, which is pretty impressive considering some of the wingers they've had. We're talking Wendell, Lottie, Jarrell Yao Ye. Uh, we're talking Israel Folau. Some of the all-time greats there. So, Michael Hancock, he is the first winger. On the other wing, another absolute champion, more modern day, a Kiama Jr., Brett Morris. As a twin son of former test halfback Steve Slippery Morris, Brett was hardly going to escape the attention of schoolboy officials who watched him and brother Josh in action for Kiama High School in the mid-1990s. Sam Parrott, Carmichael Hunt and Dean Collis were among the outside backs chosen for the schoolboys in his last years at school. Pretty crazy Brett Morris. Now you've got to remember... He started playing in about 07, 08. He was the top try scorer in the NRL in 2010, the best winger in the game, a premiership winner in 2010 as well. Two years later, this article was written. So he had another 10 years of rugby league to play, won another premiership with the Sydney Roosters, obviously moved to the Canterbury Bulldogs, then went to the Chooks. He's turned out to be one of the greatest wingers we have ever seen. I would argue he's the best winger we've ever seen. I would argue he's definitely the most reliable. But another guy that missed out on Australian schoolboy selection, same as his brother Josh, who was another another champion centre, but we have a couple of other centres that were picked in this team ahead of Josh Morris, but pretty handy side if Josh Morris isn't getting picked, these other two guys. The first one, Steve Renolf, the Pearl. Renolf developed into one of Australia's most penetrative centres of the 1990s, starring for the Broncos in grand final victories in 92 and 93, and playing 10 tests for the Kangaroos. Raised at Murgon North, west of Brisbane, Renolf admitted he hadn't trained hard enough in the lead-up to the Australian Championship 
Championships in Perth in 1986, and he was outplayed. So he got done and dusted by some of the very best in rugby league. Only a few years later, he is absolutely dominating the rugby league landscape. He is the king of the in and away without the football, beating your opposition player without the ball in hand. An incredible talent that only a few have ever had in rugby league. Steve Renolf, I would argue, is the absolute king of it. Missed out on selection in 1986. His centre partner in this side, a little bit more modern, Matty Cooper. For me, the most pure centre I think I've ever seen. Born and bred at Shell Harbour on the New South Wales south coast, Cooper was a late bloomer, failing to achieve high honours in his junior days and making his NRL debut only two months before his 21st birthday. He developed into one of the game's most accomplished centres and will play his his 14th season of first grade in 2013. So Matty Cooper was still playing at this point, a guy that represented his country, his state, won a premiership in 2010 with the Dragons. As I said, I think he's one of the best, if not the best, pure centre we've ever seen. On both sides of the ball, he was supreme attack and defence. Centre is one of the most difficult positions to defend in. Matty Cooper, he made it look easy. Good-looking rooster as well. Saw him in Kiama. He still lives down that way. Saw him in Kiama about 18 months ago. Still looks like he could run out today and handle himself. I'll never forget the night they were playing the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and I believe it was Chris McQueen. He was going to score for all money, and Matt Cooper grabbed him by the jersey around his neck, and you can see Chris McQueen's trying to get the ball down. It's in the air, and brute strength, he just pulls him back off the ground out of the in goals and throws him back. An incredible player, Matt Cooper. Very underrated because he was alongside Mark Gaznia, who got all the highlights and was the entertainment guy, but Matty Cooper, solid as all hell. Now we get into the halves, and I mentioned that there are a couple of immortals in this team and a couple of guys that should be immortals. I think Slater should be an immortal. I've spoken about that previously. The next guy... I think he has to be an immortal moving forward. Darren Lockyer, another guy that wasn't selected for the Australian schoolboys. Lockyer struggled for recognition as a teenager, especially with his family moving from the southwest Queensland town of Wandone to Roma during his early football days. It took the shrewd eye of Broncos scout Cyril Connell to spot him as a 16-year-old. Around the same time, Anthony Mundine was starring for the Australian schoolboys. Pretty crazy. Choc Mundine selected over Darren Lockyer in the Australian schoolboy side. Darren Lockyer would go on to be arguably one of, if not, you could tell me he's the best fullback you've ever seen, and one of, if not, the best 5'8 you've ever seen as well. Darren Lockyer, incredible stuff. Led the Queensland Maroons for so long, was a captain of the Kangaroos, achieved everything in our game. For me, I look back at Darren Lockyer, the peak year for me is 2006. Won the Premiership, won the Origin Shield, and came up with the biggest play in Origin history, taking the intercept off the Brett Hodgson pass, which just turned Origin on its head for the next eight years. And then, of course, he won the Tri-Nations that year, scoring a try in extra time at the SFS off Jonathan Thurston. I was lucky enough to be there for it. Unbelievable moment. I was lucky enough to also be there for Darren Lockyer's last game. It was a test match up at Newcastle against the Kiwis. Sensational stuff. For me, has to be an immortal. Crazy to think Darren Lockyer wasn't picked in the Australian schoolboys side. Anthony Mundine was picked in front of him. A sensational player, Chuck Mundine, but for me, Give me Darren Lockyer every day of the week. A really good example of not achieving when you're a teenager. Copping it on the chin, dealing with it, dusting yourself up, dusting yourself off, getting yourself back up and achieving absolute greatness that should be in the immortality category for me. Speaking of that category, the halfback, he already is an immortal. The eighth, Andrew Johns. 
The future immortal was forced to take a back seat for New South Wales combined Catholic colleges in 1991 behind St. Greg's College, college prodigy Damien Chapman. Chapman was named Australian schoolboys halfback that year and was voted player of the end of season tour of England. So not only did Joey not get selected in the Australian schoolboys, the bloke they chose over him, he was voted as the best player in the team. Crazy to think about. Could you imagine? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. What Joey Johns would have done to Damien What's his name? Sorry, Damien Chapman, if he could have got his hands on him. I don't think he played first grade. I could be wrong. It's not a name that I recognize. Some of you would probably know better than me. But crazy to think Joey John, he was an immortal of our game 20 years later, and he wasn't able to be picked in the Australian schoolboys side. Pretty insane. You could have also played Joey at hooker at 5'8". It's not like you only had to play him at 7. Still couldn't find a spot for him. Incredible stuff. All right, let's dive into the forward pack. And this is unbelievable, some of the names that are here. Front rower, for me, probably the best I've ever seen, Glenn Lazarus. Raised in Queenbian before making his mark with the Canberra Raiders, Lazarus did not develop into a representative class front rower until his mid-20s. Players such as uh, Tony Butterfield and Holy Cross College's Max Beecher were... were selected ahead of him in the Australian schoolboy side. Obviously, Tony Butterfield are great for the Newcastle Knights, but Glenn Lazarus, uh, an absolute champion, just a true winner. He went from the Canberra Raiders where they won premierships. The Brisbane Broncos recruited him. They won premierships. Then he went to the Melbourne Storm to an absolute rugby league desert to help them build him within two years. They were premiership winners. He was the skipper. Sensational player, Glenn Lazarus. Once again, one of the most... Uh, one of the most important guys in rugby league history, in my opinion, to do, to lay the foundation that he did at the Melbourne Storm. He set that club up, club up for success. 15 years earlier, though, the Australian schoolboys didn't want anything to do with him. Let's move to our hooker, and this one will blow you away. You probably know who it's going to be, because I promise you, if you're not sitting down, you probably should be. Cameron Smith. Smith grew up in fertile rugby league territory at Logan in Brisbane South and attended Marsden State High. Uh, alma mater of Israel Folau and Chris Sando. Folau and Sando represented Australian schoolboys, but Smith, the future test captain, missed out. So Israel Folau and Chrissy Sando in that same age group, they both represented the Australian schoolboys. Cameron Smith, he missed out. He went on to be the Australian captain, in my opinion, the greatest player we have ever seen. So in a season... Where Chris Sando made the team, Cameron Smith missed it. How? That can't be right. What on earth is that saying? No, it must be saying that they played later from the same high school. Sorry, that's what it's saying. I, I knew that timeline didn't match up. So they were from Marsden State High as well. But anyway, Cameron Smith, to miss out on an Australian schoolboy's side, pretty crazy. We know that the Brisbane Broncos essentially brushed him as well as a teenager. I imagine with Cameron Smith, though, and I've said this a few times and people laugh, people say that's stupid, but... The thing with Cameron Smith is that he's not he's not an exceptional ball runner. He doesn't have an unbelievable sort of highlight sort of kicking game. He is just 
incredibly great at all the little things that matter in rugby league that win games of football, but you don't put them on highlights reels. So I can understand why as an 18-year-old, there would have been guys that had these unbelievable running games, chips over the top, strong as an ox, these sort of things at hooker that they probably got seen before a Cameron Smith. But... Obviously, him winding up in Melbourne like Glenn Lazarus, it was an absolute turning point in rugby league history. Uh, one of the biggest turning points, the Brisbane Broncos ignoring Cameron Smith. And obviously, all these teams that ignored him, from the Broncos to the Australian schoolboys, I think they put a little B in the bonnet of Cameron Smith. Sorry for the confusion of the start of that. I would edit it out, but I always like to keep it raw with you guys. Made a little mistake there. That's okay. Let's move to our next front rower. We've got Shane Webke. Wow. Like a number of country-based future stars, isolation might have been a factor in Webke's lack of recognition at schoolboy level. Raised at Leeburn in Queensland's Lockyer Valley, Webke had limited opportunities to impress selectors and had to wait until Wayne Bennett spotted him playing in a grand final in Toowoomba for his big break. Shane Webke, one of the toughest hombres we've ever seen. Only a couple of years later, he would win the 2000 grand final with a broken arm. Incredible. And this is a factor that we've got to consider where these guys are coming from. If you're born in Sydney, raised in Sydney, uh, there's a really good chance that scouts are going to spot you. If you're out in the country, we've even seen a heap of kids from the South Coast in this team, like Matt Cooper, Brett Morris, Josh Morris, these sort of guys that miss out on selection. It's the country guys, it can be really difficult sometimes. Joey Johns missed out from Cessnock. Uh, only two and a half hours north of Sydney. Crazy to think about. Shane Webke, one of the greatest front rowers we've ever seen. If you were to pair up Shane Webke and Glenn Lazarus, if you've just got a heap of planks of wood around them, you're not going to lose too many games of football. You're definitely not going to get beaten through the center third, two champion front rowers. Let's move to our second rowers. And the first guy, he just epitomizes Queensland for me, Gordon Tallis. By his own admission, Tallis was not a big fan of schoolwork or school for that matter. He'd made some junior representative teams from as early as under 12s, but his decision to leave school after year 10 and accept work with a local builder put paid to any opportunity to play schoolboy football at a high level. I don't know why they put Gordon Tallis in this. If he left school, he couldn't have been selected. Bit of a weird one there, but Gordon Tallis, I mean, he, if he was at school, he probably would have got selected, I would assume, but bit of a weird one to put in there. But Gordon Tallis, another guy that went to work instead of playing schoolboy footy and whatnot. Incredible to see what he achieved in his career. Don't know why they put that one in, though, to be perfectly honest with you. I would have loved to have seen someone that was a second rower that didn't get picked and went on to have a great career. Like the next guy, Nathan Hindmarsh. Hindmarsh attended school at Mossvale, but relocated to Patrician Brothers Fairfield when he was in year 11. The future test second rower and 330 game star for the Eels lasted a month at new school due to homesickness. His hopes of scaling the heights as a schoolboy were dashed when he was when he was decked by future Eels teammate Nathan Kalis in a school's <clears throat> knockout. There must be a story behind that. Nathan Kalis must have given one to him, uh, which caused him to miss out on these high selections. Probably a bit of a backstory there. A little bit disappointed with the Gordon Tallis and Nathan Hindmarsh pick, to be honest with you. Would have rather guys that were more so in year 12, in year 11, missed out on selection, went on to do great things. The Gordon Tallis one's disappointing. Not quite sure what the Hindmarsh one is there, to be honest with you. Last guy, though, really interesting one here. It is, of course, Paul Gallen. He's been in the headlines recently, not for rugby league, for boxing, but a champion player, a premiership winner, the premiership winning captain that ended the drought for the Cronulla Sharks in 2016. Gallen played for Parramatta Marist High in the final of the televised Aussie Home Loans Cup in 1998. But while classmate Chad Robson 
was Chad Robinson was chosen for the two-test tour of New Zealand. The future Blues captain stayed at home. So Paul Gallen, another champion player that missed out on selection in Australian schoolboys. For any youngsters listening, if you miss out on a rep team, do not shit the bed. Don't get head noise. Don't stare at the ceiling for a couple of weeks. Cop it on the chin. It happens to the very best. It happened to Cameron Smith. It happened to Andrew Johns. It happened to Darren Lockyer. It happened to Billy Slater. This sort of shit happens. They dealt with it. They moved on. They went on to be some of the the greats and it can happen to anyone and anyone can bounce back from it as well love hearing these stories it's always good as I said to look back at Australian schoolboy sides and see who was successful then and who kicked on but I think it's even more interesting to see the guys that were ignored at that age and obviously said well I'm going to show you I'm going to be great and all 13 of these blokes they went on to be all time greats of our game Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.